0: Feel that yourself this morning. Uh, Dr. Larry Hutton, he's been in the ministry I don't know for so long, and I traveled also uh, all over the country. I guess wherever uh, Kenneth Higgins Sr., uh, and I was watching the video when during the funeral Larry was there. He's probably part of that family, and uh, that's an unusual person to be around. And I think that anointing is on Him also this morning. So would you put your hands together? Please help me welcome. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Amen. Good morning. Praise God. It's good to be here with you guys. I'm so excited. And God totally changed my message, so I hope you're ready to hear from God. I'd rather hear from God than Larry Hutton anyway. I I don't know about you, but... But uh, we are, in fact, I'm so excited because um, this day, what the Lord told me about when he changed the message that I was, thought I was going to preach, um, he said this is going to be a landmark in their lives. What is a landmark? It's like a, at a, a time in our life we can look back where something really great happened and we can look back and never forget that day because it changed us, right? I mean, like the day we got born again, Right. It's a landmark. So today's going to be a landmark in our lives. Uh, how many of you have never heard me preach before? Let me see your hands. Oh, most of you. That means I've been attending this church longer than you have. This is my third time back here preaching, <laughs> but it's been a while, hasn't it? But actually, this is my first time in the new building, so that shows you it's been a while right there. But uh, my wife, since her love, I'm I'm born and raised in uh, Tampa, Florida, but my wife is a Texan born in Beaumont, and uh, she would be with me, except we just got a new puppy, uh, just just real recent, and we had to have the puppy neutered, and so the puppy couldn't travel, and we usually take the puppy with us when we travel, so anyway, uh, she does send her love and look forward to, to meeting you all in the future, but... Uh, I was born and raised in Florida. Uh, I, could, I was a beach bum, but I could not find a beach bunny, so I went to Colorado, where my wife lived, and found a snow bunny. And her and I got married over 35, almost 36 years ago. She's my best friend, and I love her to life. And, and uh, that's our quick story. We traveled for over 20 years with the late Kenneth E. Hagan, Sr., and got to minister in many of his meetings around the world and led praise and worship for him. And uh, it was just quite an honor. But been on the traveling road now. This is my 33rd year of traveling ministry, where I live on the road about 45 out of 52 weeks a year. So I live in hotels and restaurants, and I still love them, believe it or not. (laughs) So it must be a grace of God. It has to be a call of God. But now one thing, let me just look here. Wasn't the the praise and worship awesome this morning? (laughs) Team, praise and worship team, you're awesome. And I'm glad they went as long as they did, but since they did, I'm not going to get out of here like normal. It's 11:24. There's no way we're getting out of here normal because I got a word from heaven you got to hear. So, so we're going to be here a little later than normal. But then part two will be this evening, and and maybe we can just come and do a couple songs this evening. Get right into the word that way we won't keep you here late this evening either. But uh, I'm telling you this is going to be a landmark. So open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. Whether you have an electronic Bible like me or a leather Bible, go to Genesis 18 and we're going to hear from God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Genesis 18, verse 19. Actually, let's start reading in verse 17. The Lord was uh, talking about Abraham. He, He said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the people of the earth are going to be blessed in him. Now look at verse 19. For I know him, he will command his children and his household after him, and they'll keep the way of the Lord. I want you to focus in on that phrase, the way of the Lord. In fact, everybody say, the way of the Lord. Amen. Say it again. The the Lord. Now emphasize the word way and say it again. The way the way of the Lord. This is actually a Hebrew word, derek, d e r e k. The word derek means a a mode of action, a course of life. So really, it's not just talking about uh, one thing when it's talking about uh, the way of the Lord. It's actually referring to all the different ways. In fact, in um, Second Samuel twenty two twenty two, David made this statement. He said, "I've kept the ways of the Lord," and that's the same word derek that we, we see here. In fact, in that Second Samuel twenty-two, twenty-two, when you go on reading um, uh, Samuel, uh, let's see, it says, uh, uh, "God, uh, His ways are perfect, and He makes my way perfect," and that's the same word here. In fact, I'll, I'll use a couple examples that most of you probably would remember where this word "Derek" is used, showing it's a plurality of ways. Uh, how many of you remember Isaiah fifty-eight? Uh, or 55, verse 8, which says, uh, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not... That's the same word, way way here. Uh, what about uh, Proverbs 3, uh, 5 and 6? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding in all your ways. That's the same word that's used here. So it's talking about a plurality of ways. Uh, God has a way of spiritual things. He has a way of financial things. He has a way of physical things. He has a way of marriages. He he has many different ways, but it's all encapsulated in this word, the way of the Lord. And so I want to talk to you today about God's way to mental and emotional freedom. Uh, The Scripture actually calls it, and you'll see that in just a couple of minutes, it calls it the way of peace. Uh, That's talking about mental soundness, mental stability, mental tranquility. Uh, Many Christians have learned the way of the world when it comes to their feelings and their emotions, but it's not God's way. Uh, The way of the world is uh, uh, bad temper and anger issues and depression and discouragement and oppression and guilt and shame and hurt feelings, and all those negative emotions are the way of the world. They're not part of God's kingdom or the kingdom of heaven at all. And yet we've learned, many Christians have learned those ways. And, you know, man has a lot to say about emotions and feelings. You can go to the psychologist, uh, but the Bible says there is a way that seems right to man, but it doesn't bring life, does it? And so we want to hear God's way, and in fact, turn over to Psalm, uh, Psalm 128 real quick. Psalm 128, I want to read verses 1 and 2. We're talking about walking in the ways of God. We want to walk in this way of mental and emotional freedom where we control how we feel instead of others controlling how we feel or situations or circumstances controlling how we feel. Wouldn't that be awesome if you could actually control the way you feel instead of just feel the way you feel? (laughs) Well, let's see if that's possible according to the Scripture today. And I'm telling you what, if you believe what you see in the Word, it's going to be a landmark for you. Uh, Psalm 128, 1 and 2. Blessed is everyone that fears the Lord. If you look up this Hebrew word blessed, it means happy. You know ninety nine point nine percent of humanity wants to be happy. they're searching for happiness. God said, "Happy is everyone that fears the Lord that walks in his what? that walks in his ways, for you 'll eat the labor of your hands, happy you will be, and it will be well with you. So we're going to talk about this specific way of emotional and mental freedom. and we'll start over in Isaiah 59, go over to Isaiah 59 with me, and we 're going to go verses 7 and 8, Isaiah 59 and 7 and 8. I want you to see this phrase, the way of peace, which we're going to be discussing. Uh, Have have, have any of you ever heard of Sid Roth? You heard of Sid Roth? Some of you watched his program, It's Supernatural. Well, uh, just a few years ago, he asked me to come on his program and talk about a supernatural experience I had where the Lord came in my room and talked to me about all of this that I'm teaching from this morning and tonight. And uh, when I went out with Brother Sid after the service, uh, we were sitting at a restaurant eating. He said, Brother Larry, he said, what you're teaching here needs to be heard by every single Christian on the planet. Because it will affect their physical health. It will affect their finances. It will affect their marriages. I'm telling you what, it affects every area of your life. Uh, depression has destroyed many marriages and, and oppression and, and anger and bad temper and, and those things have destroyed finances and de- destroyed all kinds of physical health in people. It's amazing what our mind plays in all the rest of the areas of our lives. Notice in Isaiah 59, uh, verse 7 and 8, this is actually... Uh, when God is referring to the children of Israel when they were not walking with Him. And it said in verse 7 that they were running to evil, they were making haste to shed innocent blood, their thoughts were thoughts of sin, wasting and destruction in their paths. But look at verse 8. The way of peace they have not known. The way of what? The way of peace they have not known. That's because they weren't walking with God. That means if we, can, if we walk with God, we can actually know the way of peace. Amen. Uh, in fact, let's jump over to the New Testament, Romans chapter three, because I want you to see in the New Testament this same phrase. Actually, Paul is quoting the same verse that we were just reading there in Isaiah. but let's see it out of Paul's mouth in Romans three. Romans chapter three, verse 16 and seventeen, Romans 3:16 and seventeen. And this, again, is Paul just reiterating what we just read in Isaiah. Uh, Verse 16, destruction and misery are in their ways. Verse 17, and the way of what? The way of peace they have not known. The way of peace. So we're going to talk about learning to live in this way of peace. This is where you learn to live free from depression, free from stress. That's huge in society today. Free from worry. Many people are world class worriers. Free from hurt feelings. Free from bad temper and anger problems. Where we can learn to live free from all those negative emotions controlling us. We control how we feel. And so, uh, uh, jump over to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We'll see this phrase again the way of peace. Um, Luke chapter 1. Let's start in verse 76. Luke one seventy six. it's actually talking about John the Baptist, and it says, You, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for you shall go before the face of the Lord to prepare His what? His ways. Skip down to verse 79. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of what? The way of peace. So we're going to talk about this way of peace. The way of peace can override anxiety, fear, anger, Stress and every negative emotion that comes our way. So think about this. Let's start since we're talking about the way of peace. Uh, Jesus is the way, right? And don't we call him, especially at Christmas time when we're reading, what is it, Isaiah 9 6? His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. So if we're going to learn to walk in the way of peace, we're going to learn to w- learn to walk with Jesus, who is our peace. And is Christ in you the hope of glory? So guess what? Jesus is our peace, and He lives in us. So that's where we're going to start this morning. And the foundation scripture that I'm going to use is back in the great redemptive chapter of Isaiah 53. So if you'll turn back to Isaiah 53, that's going to be our foundation text for this morning and tonight. And then we're going to build on that. Praise God. Um, by the way, when the Lord came into my room and taught me what I'm going to teach from this morning and tonight, it was before my daughter Rachel was born. Uh, my daughter is Omar's age, 23. Where is Omar? Oh, back there. Uh, when we were here last time when we preached in 2004, he was nine and my daughter was nine. Is that right? No, they were 11 because they're 23 now. No, that'd be around 9 or 10, somewhere in there. But let's see, that's 13 years. Well, so you'd have been around 10. Um, but if you ask my daughter, my daughter would say, I've never seen my daddy have a down day. I've never seen him have a depressed day. I've never seen him fly off the handle, have a bad temper and anger problem. Never seen him have a worry-filled day or never seen him... You know, have an oppressed day or guilt-ridden day or shame-filled day. or That's because the Lord came in my room and taught me this before she was born. So I haven't had a down day in decades. But I had plenty of them before then. And when Jesus taught me what I'm going to teach you this morning and tonight, my down days were done. My, they were history. I don't allow my feelings to control me anywhere. I control how I feel. I don't allow people. I don't, I don't allow Obama, Osama, or your mama <laughs> to control how I feel. I control how I feel because Jesus did something about it at the cross. And the cross is the power of God to our salvation. Are you with me? So uh, Isaiah 53, let's start here in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely Jesus bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripe or blow or bruise, we are healed. All right, so verse 4 said, Surely He, that's Jesus, bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. I'm sure that if you've ever heard that uh, passage preached in years gone by, you've heard the word grief also means sickness and disease. The word sorrow also means uh, pain. So many people have taken that and gotten healed physically in their bodies. From In fact, my grandmother, she was 75 years old, had terminal cancer, stage 4 terminal cancer, Given up in a few months by the doctors to die, and she went to one of Kenneth E. Hagan seniors' healing crusades, and heard this verse along with Matthew. Matthew quotes this in Matthew eight seventeen, where it says Jesus bore our sicknesses. Same thing as verse four: Jesus bore our griefs. Well, uh, my grandmother at seventy five heard that, and she came up to me after she heard it, and she said, "Well, if Jesus bore our bore my sickness." No use both of us bearing it. I mean, simple, even though she was 75, simple childlike faith, and a few days later all the cancer disappeared from her body. She never had any medical treatment whatsoever, and she lived from 75 to 95. And that's because she learned that Jesus bore my sickness, disease, and my physical pain. But I got some really, really... Awesome news for... Everybody say awesome. Are you ready for some awesome news? Look at the word grief and look at the word sorrow. Look at it real quick. The word grief and the word sorrow also means grief and sorrow. I I know that's heavy. That's that's really deep. But if you just hang with me, it'll sink in and in a minute you'll get it. The word grief... Also, mean, In fact, literally, if you look up the word grief, it does mean sickness, disease, but it also means calamity, grief, and anxiety. So when you look at that Hebrew word, you realize, well, wait a minute, that covers, that covers grief, and it covers worry, and it covers stress, and panic attacks, and forms of fear. Hmm. And so then I look up the word sorrows, and it, and it does mean pain. But not just physical pain, it also means emotional pain, and it also means anguish and sorrow. When I saw anguish and sorrow and emotional pain, I thought, wait a minute, that covers hurt feelings. It covers bad temper and anger issues. It covers depression, oppression, uh, discouragement, hopelessness, guilt, shame. All of those are part of this Hebrew word. And when I looked at the two Hebrew words together, I thought, well, my goodness... This covers the whole gamut of every negative emotion you can mention that most Christians live by. Listen, I'm on the road 45 out of 52 weeks uh, for 33 years now, and I'm all over the world even though I mainly travel in the U.S. We've been to Kenya and we've been to Europe and Poland and we've been to uh, Australia and we've been to Singapore and Japan and we've been all over preaching. And I noticed everywhere I go, the majority of Christians are stressed, depressed, discouraged, fearful, panicking, uptight, mad. All these different emotions are controlling them. And yet it's something we're reading right here in the Bible. When Jesus went to the cross, He bore for us. Now, wait a minute. Did, he, did Jesus bear our sins? All right, so do you have to go and sin now, or, or can you actually resist sin? You know that if you've been made righteous, you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. He bore your sins, washed you away from sin, and put His righteousness in you, which now gives you the ability to resist sin and walk free from it. Righteousness is more powerful than sin. But why is that? It's because He bore your sins. You couldn't do it had that grace not been made available to you. For by grace are you saved through faith, right? So... Our faith took, a, took hold of the truth that Jesus bore my sins and now I bear His righteousness. That means I can live right. But guess what? He also bore your stress. says so right here. He bore your stress, which means you don't have to bear stress. He bore your bad temper and anger problems. That means you don't have to bear that. See, I used to just blame that on my personality. And a lot of people do that. They'll say, well, I'm Irish or I'm Italian or I'm this or I'm that, you know. But the truth is, no, he bore those emotions so you don't have to allow them to control you anymore. I had a a minister sitting in my office recently. Graduated from the same Bible school that I graduated from many years ago. Walking with God many years. But he sat in my office and he said, Brother Hutton, and I'm having a real problem with depression. It's just eating me up and I'm just, I just want to give up and throw the towel in, go to heaven. And so I started ministering to him about the way of peace and how peace can be much more powerful than oppression or depression. And I made this statement to him. I said, you don't have to allow your feelings to control you anymore. You can control how you feel. And when I said that to him, it was like he had never heard it before. He even told me, he said, Wait a minute, Brother Hunt, would you say that again? I said, You don't have to let your feelings tell you how you feel. You can control how you feel. He said. He looked at me across the table, across my desk, and said, I've never heard that before. I said, Well, you're hearing it now. And now I'm going to show you, and I took him through some Scriptures, and I showed him, You do not have to allow your feeling." He. Th- he this is what he said. He said, But... I thought you had to feel however you feel. That's how you feel. I said, well, that's before you learn that you have control. That's, that's just like you live as a sinner because that's your nature. You're just a, before you accept Jesus, you live that way because that's the way you are. But once you find out you're redeemed from sin... And once you find out you're redeemed from depression and you're redeemed from bad temper and anger and you're redeemed from stress and you're redeemed from worry. We just had a 75 year old lady email our ministry recently and she said, Brother Hutton, I got a hold of your book and CD series that teach on the way of peace. She said, I'm 75 years old. She said, I'm a, I'm a PK. My dad pastored for over 40 some years. She said, I've grown, grown up in the ministry. But she said, I was a world class worrier. She said, I worried about everything. And, and finally, my dad and mom, they did, not, they did not have any revelation about the way of peace. So they just told me that this must be the way God made you. He just wants you concerned and, and carrying the cares of others. And, and so she said, for 75 years, I've, been, I've worried myself sick, and I've worried problems all over the place. And she said, I finally got a hold of your teaching six months ago And she said, I've been living worry-free and stress-free since. She said, I haven't had a down day in six months. She said, "I." this is a 75-year-old lady email. She said, I am having the time of my life, living free from worry and stress. She said, Brother Hutton, I just have one question for you. She said, why didn't somebody tell me before 75 years? So I I emailed her back and I said, you know, we're rejoicing with you now that you're living in this peace and this joy, controlling the way you feel. I said, my answer to why somebody didn't tell you before now, I don't know. But I do know the Bible says God redeems our time, which means He's going to make your latter years so much fun and so restful and so peaceful that you'll forget the former years. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise God. So again, it says, Jesus bore my griefs and bore my sorrows, He bore my depression. He bore my bad temper. He bore my hurt feelings. He bore my discouragement. He bore my guilt. He bore my shame. I don't have to. Isn't that awesome? I don't have to. Brother Larry, come on, get real. This is as real as it gets right here, folks. You know what Jesus said about the Word of God? John 17:17, 17, 17, "Thy word is truth." So all the natural things that we have to face are not truths, they're real and they're facts, but they're not truth, because truth can't change. Truth will last from everlasting to everlasting and never pass away. But facts, facts and uh, realities are subject to change, right? So, look again what it says. I want you to see it. Jesus bore. The word bear is a substitutionary word. He did it for me, so I don't have to. Jesus bore my grief and my sorrow and all my stress and worry and depression and everything else. Now, look at the next verse. You've got your shouting clothes on. Watch this. The next verse says, The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. Woo, I hope you got your and clothes on. Watch this. Chastisement. Two of the definitions of the word chastisement is the rebuke of our peace was upon Him, or the restraint of our peace was upon Him. Rebuke means some some circumstance, situation you're facing that makes you feel like something's trying to chase away your peace, right? Or the restraint of your peace is a situation you're facing, a circumstance, a reason that makes you feel like it's trying to keep you from living in peace, right? The restraint or the rebuke of my peace was upon Him. Now watch this. So not only... Was my stress bore by Jesus, but then he faced every reason or cause for me to be stressed and defeated that too. Not only did he bear my anger problems, but he faced every reason or cause for me to be angry, and defeated that. Not only did He bear my depression, but He faced every reason or cause for me to be depressed, and He defeated that too. Glory to God. Man, I mean, this is awesome. That's kind of like, well, not only did He defeat sin, but then He faced every reason or cause that would cause me to sin, and defeated that so that when I face it, I'm empowered to overcome it. So I thought, whoa, wait, now, Jesus, you bore my worry, but then you faced every reason or cause for me to be worried and defeated it too? That is cool. You, you, you bore my bad temper, and then you faced every reason for me to fly off the handle, and you defeated that too? You bore my depression, and then you faced every reason? And then I realized, well, then there's no reason. <laughs> now, here's, here's the accountability part. I can't blame you anymore. I can't blame my wife. I can't blame the pressure. I can't blame politics. I can't blame po- uh, finances, financial pressure. I can't blame anyone or anything because Jesus already bore the negative emotion, but He also faced the reason or cause for me to feel that way and defeated it. But it's liberating. It was so liberating for me because then I realized just because somebody's ugly to me or treats me man. They don't control my feelings anymore. Just because I face a pressure situation doesn't mean I have to allow that to control the way I feel. Let me let me show you something. This is hilarious. I, this is right when the Lord started teaching me all this, how to live in divine peace and walk in the way of peace the rest of my life. I got out of bed. This is right when He was teaching me. I got out of bed one morning, and I got up on what side of the bed? Y- y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on, let me hear it. What side of the bed? Oh, the wrong side of the bed. Okay. So I got up on that side of the bed, right? And and I'm just... It's going to be one of those days. I can just feel it. It's going to be one of those days. I mean, it wasn't even a Monday. You know, a blue Monday. It probably was a terrible Tuesday or a wicked Wednesday. Whatever. But it was one of those days, you know. And so I got out of bed. It's the wrong side of the bed. And all of a sudden, I heard the voice of the Lord. And He said it loud and clear. He said... There is no wrong side of the bed. I'm ready to argue with him. Yeah, there is. I just got up on it. Look. And then he said this. There is no wrong side of the bed. I live on both sides. (laughs) Pastor, good luck. I finally figured this out. You probably figured it a lot quicker than I did. But I finally figured out there's no use arguing with the Lord. He's going to win every argument, right? So he said this to me. He said, Larry, there is no wrong side of the bed. I live on both sides. He said, the problem was when you got out of bed, you made the wrong choice. He said, you could have chosen. This is a day the Lord has made. I am going to... Rejoice and be mad. <laughs> rejoice and be sad. Rejoice and be had. No. No, rejoice and be. And I realize, whoa, you mean you mean we have choices in the matter. We can get up, and this may blow some of you away, we can get out of bed and before coffee. Now, if my wife was sitting here, she might be yelling heretic, 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 heretic. But before coffee, I can choose, this is a day the Lord hath made. I'm going to start rejoicing right before, before caffeine, before coffee. I'm going to start rejoicing right now and be glad. Woo! Glory to God. My daughter, back when she was in high school or something, she was... Picking on me one day, I was around some of her high school friends, and and she talked about me. She said, now, now, my daddy, when he jumps out of bed in the morning, he jumps and goes, Praise the Lord! I don't do that. (laughs) Someday I feel like not doing that. But I still make a choice that I'm going to walk in the way of peace. And that, bless God, joy is on the inside of me. And I'm going to take it with me everywhere I go. The world didn't give it to me. And the world... And guess what? The peace of God that Jesus put in me, the world didn't give it to me. The world can't take it away. Go with me over to Galatians chapter 5. Is anybody getting anything? I'm telling you what, this is huge. It's going to be such a landmark when you realize... I have people come up to me that maybe a a year ago they heard me preach along this line, and they'll come up and say, Brother Larry, I haven't had a down day in a whole year. Plenty of opportunities, they said, but I passed them all up. And that's the key. You and I, when we learn what Jesus did for us at the cross, then it's not about us anymore being strong in us and the power of our might. Now it's being strong in the Lord and the power of His might. That's, what's, that's what grace is all about, friends. That's how you got saved. You didn't get saved based on you got good enough many points so that you, they added up and you finally got in. No, uh You got saved by grace. You, it was all 100% based on what Jesus did, nothing based on what you did. And that's how you live in peace. That's how you walk in health. That's how you get, become financially free. Man, I've been learning a whole lot the last decade. And here I've been preaching for a long time, but I've been learning a whole lot more. I've been a grace preacher all my life. All my life, for, since I I've started preaching in 1980, everything I've ever preached is about the finished work of Jesus, which is what grace is all about. In other words, what did Jesus do at Calvary for us? Because if we find out something He did and then we receive it by faith, grace empowers us to be what we can't be on our own and do what we can't do on our own. Man, I've been seeing more and more and more. God's grace is sufficient for every area of our lives, our marriages, our emotions, our, our, our jobs, our, our physical health. Everything we do, His grace is su- more than enough. More than enough. He is El Shaddai, not El Chipo. Amen. Where did I tell you to turn? Galatians 5? Let me turn over there real quick. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, or self-control, and there's no law against any of those. So the fruit of the Spirit, uh, if you've studied this, you know this is talking about when, when a person gets born again and the Holy Spirit moves inside of them, he brings this fruit with him. Um, you know, under the old covenant, God said, "I'm going to be with them." But in the new covenant, He said, "I'm not only going to be with you; I'm going to be what? In you, right? And so, when He moves in you, the Holy Spirit moves in to abide. Uh, he brings these nine—what I say, nine pieces of baggage. Right? I say that because He wants us to get rid of our baggage, <laughs> and so He brings in uh, love, and He brings in joy, and He brings in peace. Calls it fruit. Everybody say fruit. Now, when the Lord brought me here, oh, this is so good. Watch this. This was a this was a game changer for me when He taught me this, because my first job at 15 years of age in Florida was a fruit picker. I worked out in the orange groves picking fruit, and I love fruit season because uh, I could make a whole lot more m- money picking fruit than my buddies did at Pizza Hut or, or McDonald's. So I love fruit season because I could actually make four or five times what they were making. So I love fruit season. I get out there and pick fruit, right? But the only problem was I had to wait till season. Fruit season wasn't year-round, right? So you had to wait for the oranges or the tangerines or the tangelos or the grapefruit, whatever. But when the Lord brought me here and He asked me, He said, What did I call these nine things? I said, You called them fruit. And He made this statement to me. He said, My fruit of peace and my fruit of joy are not seasonal fruit. Man, that went off on the inside of me. When I heard that, I thought, wait a minute. If it's not seasonal fruit, then I have peace and I have joy in me 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. I don't have to wait till any certain point to live in this peace or live in this joy. I can walk in it all the time. Now, listen, that doesn't mean we don't have the moments. Every one of us, I'll show you that whether we get there this morning or this evening, but I'm going to show you every one of us will face the moments of depression, discouragement, uh, guilt, shame, uh, worry, stress, anger. We'll face the moments, but when the Lord showed me what He showed me, He taught me how to keep it as a moment and not build a monument. That means the moment comes and you get rid of it. You don't allow it to stay. And that's what I've been living now. And folks, it is so much more fun living this way. Man, I lived the other way for so many years with worry and stress and anger and all these issues. And now it's just been so fun living this way. Without a down day, without... Without a stress-filled day. Oh, don't don't get me wrong. When people when people hear me say I haven't had a down day in decades, don't get me wrong. I passed a lot of marvelous opportunities up. <laughs> but that's the key. I pass them up now. I don't allow them to control me anymore. I control them. And listen, lest you think that this doesn't work for everybody. Let me just illustrate. My daughter when she was thirteen. Everybody say thirteen. She came home from school, 13 years of age. She was the captain of her cheerleading squad, and so she came home that day from cheer practice. And this is what she said to me, Pastor Goodluck. She said, she came home, she said, Daddy, guess what? And I said, What, honey? She said, at cheer practice today, and here's how she said it, there was drama. (laughs) You, you You know what I'm talking about when the girls' hormones are flying and... And they're like wild cats at each other and getting mad. And And so she said, oh, yeah, Daddy, it was drama today. She said, but Daddy, I just chose not to enter in, and I'm just going to live in peace. 13. She made a choice not to allow others' actions to control the way she felt at 13. Hallelujah. Notice... The fruit of peace and joy. So, you know, what when I, I, when, I, when I picture peace inside me, I picture it as a grapefruit. <laughs> That's because when I used to pick fruit, the grapefruit was the largest one I ever picked, right? So I look at this peace in me as this big, huge piece of peace, grapefruit peace. And by the way, peace and joy, I call them feeling fruit. Why? Because they make you feel good. I mean, think about it. You have peace of mind and joy. That's, that's going to affect the way you feel, right? And so I call them feeling fruit. Well, let me just illustrate. I'm going to give you two illustrations because here's what happens. How quickly, when, when we hear the Word of God, how quickly does the thief come to steal it? I hear some of you know that scripture. Remember the parable of the sower? The Word is sown in our hearts talking about the wayside ground, and immediately the thief comes to try and steal the Word. He doesn't even wait till you get home from church. He sits on your shoulder, and he starts whispering in your ear, yeah, this sounds great, the way of peace, yeah, and all that stuff, but you know, he, this, this preacher, he just don't know what I'm going through. That's exactly what the devil wants to do, is get your focus and attention off of truth onto you. Onto your prop That's what one reason. Uh, when my daughter, before she got married two years ago, uh, she changed the name of the CD series what I'm teaching on, and she she called it Free from Me. I said I like that. That's a God idea right there, free. Because if you're not free from yourself, you won't be free from worry or stress or anger or anything else. If it's all about you then you're going to have plenty of depressed days and plenty of stressed days and plenty of worry-filled days and plenty of mad days. And but if it's about Jesus, everything changes. Amen. So let me give you two illustrations. I want, in case you're going through things where you just feel like what you're hearing right now would be impossible for you. Wait a minute. Hold it. Let's, let's listen to this. I'll use a biblical illustration first of all. Do you remember when Jesus was crossing the ocean... Not the time he walked on the water, but the time he's in the ship, and a storm arises, and the Bible says the boat was about to sink, and the disciples fearing for their lives. How many of you remember the story? All right, so think about it just a second now. We're talking about professional fishermen that have been in boats through many storms, and all of a sudden they are fearing for their lives? Yeah. Yeah. So evidently this wasn't a normal storm. This had to be more like a typhoon or some major, major issue for those that lived in that area and and been on boats many times for them to think they're about to die. This has got something going on here. So they, when they're about to die, they think they're about to die, they decide to go look for Jesus. Probably would have been better to go look for Jesus before that point, but... But they decide, hey, you know, we're at our wit's end. We can't handle it anymore. We better get Jesus involved. So they they go find Jesus on the back part of the ship. And what was he doing? He was sleeping. Oh, my goodness. Sleeping in the storm that's got them all freaked out and worried and stressed and mad and uptight. and, And they wake him up and they say this to him. They say, Jesus, don't you care? I got a kick when I was reading that story, I thought, you're asking Jesus if He cares. He's about to die for you, for the sins of the world, and you're asking Him if He cares. But I love Jesus' response. He does not even respond. (laughs) He doesn't even answer them. He gets up, ignores them, and talks to the storm and says, peace, be still. And this piece had so much power that it affected atmospheric conditions. So I wonder if this piece is powerful enough to change your atmosphere. Could it change a hormone? Could it change a chemical imbalance in a body? I say that because another example I'm going to give you. We had a lady come up to us. My wife and I were standing at the front of the church like this, and a church of a couple thousand, and And, and this lady walks up to us and says, Can I tell you a quick testimony? And we said, Sure. She said, um, I used to be bipolar. She said I was bipolar. Now, for those of you that may not be familiar with that, um, Science calls it a chemical imbalance in the body that affects the brain and the emotions and all that. So people can have major mood swings and want to commit suicide and all those kinds of things. And they try and regulate it with medicine. I I know it's a demonic disease myself. There's evil spirits involved. But but, um, this lady comes up to us and she said, Brother Hutton, she said, "Uh, you were here at our church two years ago. She said, I'd been bipolar for over 45 years at the time. She said, I was on medicine for almost 40 years. So she'd been on medicine since she was like five years old. She said, I was on medicine all my life. My parents were bipolar, and my brother was bipolar. She said, but when you came, even though you didn't teach on this subject, I was actually doing a financial freedom seminar. She said, I got a hold of your teaching out on your product table. She said, I learned that when Jesus went to the cross He bore all these negative feelings and all these emotions that, that supposedly my hormones and my chemical imbalances were controlling Jesus bore this for me and put, gave me His peace and, and His peace if I believe in it and release it is more powerful than hormones or chemical deficiencies or anything else so she said I put my faith in that God released His grace and now I've been, I'm not bipolar I haven't been bipolar for two years now she said, I quit taking medicine two years ago. I said, wait a minute. I said, you were taking medicine for almost 40 years? You were had all these emotions controlling you taking these different medicines? And I said, you haven't taken any now for two years? I said, what happened when you quit taking the medicine? Were there any, like, you know, setbacks, any any points where you all of a sudden felt all the emotions trying to overwhelm you? Because you kind of just cut it cold turkey. That's, that's not what they advise, you know. And I said... So, did any of these emotions try and flood you and make you feel worried and stressed and fearful and all those things? She started laughing. She said, oh, yeah. She said, you know, because I knew what it felt like for 40-some years, I knew exactly what the emotions felt like. She said, when they tried to come back after I quit taking the medicine, she said, I had inside information this time. She said, I knew what Jesus did at the cross for me this time. So when those feelings came, I said, uh-uh, no, you're not welcome in my body and in my life. Jesus bore them, and I live in the peace. I walk in the way of peace. And she said, I've been living in that way of peace now for two years, been totally free. We've had numerous people, not just her, we've had numerous people come to us to say, I used to be bipolar, but I'm not anymore. In fact, the last lady that came up to me and gave me her testimony, she said, Brother Larry, I was on weekly shock treatments for my disease. He said, but I'm not on weekly shocked. Now I, I get shocked by Jesus. <laughs> so I'm saying that because we all have different reasons or different causes to feel down, feel angry, feel worried, feel hurt, feel, 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 feel. And yet when Jesus went to the cross, he bore all those negative feelings for me, but he also faced every reason or cause for me to feel that way and defeated it too. Man. All right, let's let's close over in John fourteen, twenty seven this morning. John fourteen, is this okay? Am I going too long? What time is it? Twelve oh eight. So how many by show of hands, how many give me five more minutes? Five more minutes. Come on, let me. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, thirty. Okay. Ha ha ha. I, I kid you not. Now, this is a God honest story. I was at a church one time, and I did the same thing that I just did with you. People lift their hands, and I started counting. There was a guy on the front row, he'd lifted his hand, and I went 5, 10, 15. When I went to him, he went, I'm serious.
1: <laughs>
0: he thought I was going to add all that up and really take it, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> all right. So, John chapter 14. Look at verse 27. This is so good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, Jesus is doing the talking. If you have a red-letter edition, you see it's written in red here. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Now, wait a minute. Who's doing the talking? All right, Jesus, uh, he's just just like the Father. In fact, he said, I and the Father are one, right? Is it impossible for God to lie? Impossible for God to lie. It's impossible. Yes, it is impossible. You, I guess you didn't hear me say M. It, it, it's impossible for God to lie. God can't lie. Jesus can't lie. He is truth. Right? So listen. Um, if Jesus said He gave you His peace, guess what? Everybody say, I have it. Jesus said He gave you His peace. Now, wait a minute. If He and the Father are one, then this peace that you have in you, we saw it in Galatians 5, the Holy Spirit brought it, this peace that you have in you is the same peace God Almighty has. Whoa. And what does Psalm tell us about God when He looks at His enemies? The Bible says, He sits in the heavens and laughs at His enemies. Kind of sounds like He's not in an uproar emotionally about what's going on. Right? So, Jesus said, I give you my peace, not as the world, not the way the world gives. How does the world give peace? Well, if everything's peaceful, then you can have peace. No, you can have peace right in the midst of a storm with Jesus' peace. You can have a peace when somebody's screaming at you. You can live in peace. In fact, you ought to hear my wife, when when she's up preaching uh, and she gives her testimony, she said, man, when I married Larry and he had gotten a hold of this revelation... Uh, how to live in peace from Jesus, and he was living in peace, she said, it used to make me so mad that he wouldn't get mad. And when she testified, I I didn't actually know this for several years into our marriage, but when she was preaching one time, she said, in fact, it'd make me so mad that he wouldn't get mad, I would do things intentionally to try and get him mad. (laughs) I didn't know that. But I just decided you, your emotions aren't going to control mine. You may be allowing your emotions to run wild right now, but your emotions aren't going to control the way I feel. I'm going to walk in this way of peace regardless of how people treat me, how people are. It doesn't, ma- doesn't mean we don't face those mo- Listen, when she was in my face sometimes yelling at me, I wanted to knock her block off. <laughs> so I'm telling you, I had the moment... I had the feeling, just like you did. But I would take control of it and say, no, mm -mm, no, I've got the peace of God and it's more powerful. And as soon as I acknowledge that I have that peace and that it's operating in me, that's when grace flows. You're not on your own anymore, folks. You're not trying to do this anymore. You're living it. So look what he said. He said, "Uh, "...not as the world gives, give out of you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid." Don't let now. I love these two words. Don't let. You know what that means? We don't have to let. <laughs> don't let. I know I'm so simple. You know these one of these. He's just one of these so simplistic preachers. But I'm telling you what, it's so easy. We shouldn't miss it. Don't let. Don't let what? Don't let your now the the uh, Greek word here for hearts. Uh, actually, about fifty percent of the time that it's used in the New Testament talks about the feelings and the emotions, and then about 50% it talks about the heart, the spirit of man. This is one of the times that it's talking about your feelings or emotions when it says, don't let your heart, it's actually saying, don't let your feelings or emotions be troubled. And the word troubled in the Greek means to stir or to agitate. So that's depression, oppression, worry, stress, guilt, shame, hurt, Feelings, anger, all those things, those agitate your emotions, those stir your emotions. And so he says, don't let your emotions be stirred up. Don't let them, that's your emotions, don't let them be afraid. So that means means this peace is even more powerful than fear. Right? So, don't let, don't let. Does that sound like a suggestion or a command? He didn't say, now, try to see if it's possible if you might be able to allow this to happen. <laughs> he said, don't let. Now, here's what we try and do. We hear a message like this, and so we go to work, and maybe it's the following week or the next week. Something happens. Something happens, or, or somebody treats you wrong, and, and you're about to fly off the handle, and you remember, oh, oh the preacher said, don't let, don't let, don't let. Okay, I'm not going to let this bother me. 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 Not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to let this bother me. And we blow off, and then the devil jumps on. And and then we feel guilty and shameful. And oh my God, I'm such a Christian. The problem was, we took that statement, don't let your feelings be troubled, out of context. Jesus did not start that sentence, that verse, with don't let. He empowered us before He said that. He said, here is what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you my peace. Now, because you have this fruit, Use it and don't allow your emotions to control you anymore. Don't even allow fear, wor- by the way, worry and stress are forms of fear. Don't allow them to control you either. That's a whole different situation now. I'm not trying to control how I feel with my own strength and power, I control how I feel with the peace of God Almighty. I'm only 62 years young, but I'm having the ball of my life, I'm telling you. I'm having the time of my life because living in this kind of peace and joy, I'm telling you what, is so much fun because it doesn't matter what's going on in any other realm. When you live this way, it affects your physical health. I'm more healthy now at 62 than I was when I was 40. It's, It's affected my financial wealth. Years ago, my wife and I paid off everything. We paid off the Larry Hutton ministry properties and building. Paid off our home. We have no mortgage. We have no debt. God is so good when you learn to live this way. It affects every area of your life. But you have to take control of it, friends. You have to acknowledge that Jesus did this for me. And since He bore that for me and replaced it with peace, then I refuse... And I'm going to show you how to do it this evening. It is not hard. It is easy. I mean, come on. Jesus said, if you're yoked up to me, my yoke is, right? My burden is, so it has to be. We've made it hard, but it's not. And I'm going to show you this evening. In fact, a couple of things I'm going to show you this evening. You're, you're going to get so blessed. And, and it'll just, it'll finish. We built half the landmark this morning. We'll put the other part of the landmark on this evening and, and I'm telling you what, you'll be able to look back six months from now, a year from now, living the dream. I'm living the dream. How, how can you live and be so happy, so, have so much fun and, and be such peace, even when storms arise? Oh, I've had plenty of storms arise. I've been attacked by cancerous tumors in my body. I've been attacked by all kinds of people around the world. I've been, called, I've been called cult on YouTube. <laughs> I've, been, I've been accused of all different things, but I'm just going to keep preaching the Bible because I don't give my opinion when I preach. I just show you what God says, and if you want to call that cultish, well, they called Jesus a cult too, so that's all right. We'll just be in the same class with Him. Can I hear an amen? amen. Father, I pray for my, my family here, even though most of us haven't met. Lord, we're family. We're in the same body, so we're, we're, we're immediate family. Hallelujah. So I pray for all of us, Lord. Lord, this is a, a moed. The Hebrew word moed means divine appointment today. It's going to be a game changer in their lives. It's going to be a, a landmark. It's going to be a time when they can look back to and say, my, my life was altered that day. It's been changed ever since, and it affected all these different areas. Father, I pray that all of us would not just be hearers, but we would be doers. Because, Lord, if we just hear the Word and don't act like it's true, we deceive ourselves. But, Lord, You said if we would act like it's true, that we would be blessed in everything we do. So I thank You for that, Father. And, Lord, I pray that if there's anyone within the sound of my voice, whether in the building or whether listening to this recording, if there's anyone within the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Father God, this way of peace... The only way you can live in this way of peace is if you serve the Prince of Peace. And so I pray that not one person within the sound of my voice would reject Jesus, but that every single one would accept Him and, and make heaven their home and make the kingdom of God their home and make the body of Christ their family. I am praying that, Father, for Your honor and glory. And now while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and Christians, just an attitude of prayer for a minute. If you're here and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior and you would like us to pray for you to do so today, I'm not going to call you up front, but I would, I'd like to know who I'm praying for. So if you've never called on Jesus and you want to, lift your hand up high enough that I can see it. Once I see it, I'll acknowledge it. You can put it right back down. Is there anybody in the building with the uplifted hand? I'd like to receive Jesus. Yes, ma'am, you can put your hand down. You can, thank you, I see your hand. Anyone else? We already have one. The Bible said when just one person repents one person except Jesus, they throw a party in heaven. So it's going to be party time for this one. But if you're here like this, you want to join the party. Anybody else? You've never accepted Jesus and you would like us to pray for you? Would you like to accept Jesus? Okay. That's two. Praise God. Got a young person and an adult wanting to receive Jesus. That's awesome. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? I'm going to look slowly before I pray for them. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. If there's anyone here this morning and you'd say, Brother Larry, I'm saved, but I've never been filled with the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in a new heavenly prayer tongue, and I'd like to receive that free gift today. If that's you, I'm going to include you in this prayer as well. So before I pray for these two that lifted their hand for salvation, if you want to be filled with the Spirit today, lift your hand up. Is there anybody in the building you'd say, I want to be filled with the Spirit? Thank you, ma'am. I see that hand. You can put it down. Anyone else? I want to be filled with the Spirit. Thank you, sir. see your hand. You can put it down. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. All right. <clears throat> um, those, of you, those two that lifted your hand for salvation, I don't want you to come down here. I told you I wasn't going to call you down front. Just stand up right where you're at. The two that lifted your hand for salvation, I want to, I want to receive Jesus. Just stand up right where you're at. And uh, whoever from the church is going to bless them with stuff and make sure they get prayed for, if you would look and see who they are standing. Uh, Everybody else, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. But we have two people standing, one back here and one back there. And we're going to be ministering to them in just a minute after I pray for them. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. All right, Pastor, hold up just a second if you would. I'm going to pray for them real quick. And then uh, Pastor will give you instruction or the uh, usher from the church will give you instruction on what we're going to help you do to make sure that you receive Jesus here. Uh, Father, I pray now for these two that are standing. Lord, to stand before you is to acknowledge they believe in you, Lord. And today they will confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior and be saved, have their past wiped away, become new creatures in Christ Jesus. Father, fill them with the Spirit. Uh, If they need healing in their bodies, heal their bodies. Lord, thank you for the blessings of heaven that will flow into their lives today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Now, everybody head, lift your head up and open your eyes real quick look at me. If you lifted your hand to be filled with the Spirit, um, uh, Brother David, lift your hand up real quick. Lift your hand up, yeah. Uh, if those of you that lifted your hand to be filled with the Spirit will see Brother David after the service, he'll make sure you get prayed for and you'll get filled with the Holy Ghost. And then you can be just like the Apostle Paul when he said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than y'all. He was a good southern boy, praise God. And so I encourage you. Here's the cool thing. Those of you that aren't filled with the Holy Ghost yet, the cool thing, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I got to start praying beyond my ability. Because when you're not filled, you can only pray what you know. But when you can pray in the Spirit, the, the Apostle Paul actually said when you pray in tongues, your mind doesn't have a clue what you're saying. Because you're not praying out of your mind. You're praying out of your spirit. And so that's when the Holy Ghost hooks up and helps you pray out divine mysteries and secrets that you can't pray otherwise. And so I encourage those of you that are going to be filled, get filled. But also, I'm bringing that up because there's probably some of you here filled and you haven't been praying in the Spirit recently. And you need to be doing more praying in the Spirit because that's when you pray out the perfect plan of God for your life. Amen? Praise God. So, all right, let me just make a couple of announcements here real quick.